Hello everyone, welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government and the Town of Shrewsbury. I'm Kevin Mizikar, Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by Communications Coordinator Taylor Galusha. In today's episode, we're also joined by Alex Martinez, Assistant to the Town Manager, Management Analyst, and we're going to take a deep dive into the budgeting process for the Town of Shrewsbury. So, welcome Taylor and Alex. Thank you. Thanks. Happy to be here. How's it going? What's going on, Taylor? Just getting ready for Christmas. We did all our Italian cookie making extravaganza on Saturday. Nice. With an intermission to go to my cousin's rec basketball game. It's a third to fifth graders, so very invigorating. I was happy dunking? to. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. No, it was fun to be able to do that though, just because I don't live near them anymore. So it's nice when I get to Good. participate in the school activities. So. I didn't see any extra cookies on the counter in the office today. None made it in. Hmm. You guys will have to wait a little bit. (laughs) That's good. So we were fortunate to be able to celebrate the 296th Mm -hmm. birthday of the incorporation of the town of Shrewsbury on Friday, December 15th. So moving in the direction of getting the committee set up and celebrating the 300th here in a couple of years. So a lot of plans and preparations to go into that, but we had an enjoyable celebration at the town hall on Friday. So thanks to all town and staff members and other special guests that were able to join us at the town hall that day. So anything else? What's going on? What's up in the shrew? Anything Um, of note? Nothing huge since our last episode, but the one other thing I wanted to add was about the senior tax work off program applications. Um, super important program for the seniors in our town, um, which allows them to work a certain amount of hours with the town and get, I think it's a $2,000 tax credit um, or off their real estate taxes. So um, they can, the applications are on the Council on Aging's website and also available at the Council on Aging um, on the town hall campus. Um, And they're being accepted now through January 29th. So um, if you're not sure if you qualify, please check it out. If you know you qualify, then get your application in. So everyone did just hear Taylor right. It's $2,000 is the 2024 credit that you are going to receive. That is up, uh, that's more than twice what it was in the current year. So it was like $951 Mm -hmm. this year. So uh, because of some changes in the the state law and the way we'll budget for um, this moving forward, we will, be able to offer uh, some additional relief to taxpayers that are eligible through this uh, program. It is limited to 20 uh, different individuals, but it is a $2,000 uh, credit that we'll be able to offer. So that's that's a that's a big change. Yeah. And maybe we'll find our way talking about some level of detail of budgeting about that. So again, a little bit different episode. Um, where we're just gonna dive right into the the details of the conversation and Alex is already in here with us. Um, and let's just get started. So we always wanna start in the same spot though. Alex, we like folks to be able to get to know our guests a little bit more detail. So why don't you tell us a little bit how you ended up in local government, um, how long you've been with the town of Shrewsbury and what your role is with the town. Sure, happy to do so. 
Um, so I have been with the town for about four and a half years, which seems crazy to say. I started out as an administrative assistant in the office of the town manager and select board, and I've been in my current role of management analyst for about three years. Um, my path to local government was pretty standard in the sense that it was never really on my radar. I have an undergrad degree in business administration from Western New England University, and up until my senior year, I kind of saw myself going into the private sector and doing either event or sport management. Um, however, I had a really flexible schedule my senior year, and I took on a part-time job at a nonprofit, um, doing, starting out with really administrative work, uh, but I very quickly fell in love with their mission and the work that they were doing. So um, it was an organization that served the towns in what's referred to as the Quaybog region, so the group of rural towns in Central Mass, and they provided assistance to small businesses, and they did community and economic development, and I was fortunate enough to be offered a full-time job right before I graduated. So I learned a lot. I had a really great mentor there um, who involved me in all aspects of the organization. And I think that's where I kind of found my passion of public service. I realized that the private sector probably really wasn't for me. Um, I really thrived on getting to be a part of a sense of community and being able to kind of give back and that sense of place and, and people. So. I spent four years there and then it was time for my next challenge and next chapter and I was fortunate to end up at the town of Shrewsbury. Okay, so what is that, how did you start with the town, like what was that first role and then, um, yeah, where, where do you find yourself today and what maybe have you done since coming on board with the town uh, through training or programs or other things like that to, to help build your skill set that you use on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. So I started out as the administrative assistant and I assisted the select board with licensing. I handled all of the aspects of the licensing process. I also did accounts payable and payroll and I got to um, become involved in the process of town meeting. And, uh, you know, when I initially thought of management analyst as a role, it kind of, I thought of math and that was a little intimidating. But um, I feel like what it really comes down to is attention to detail and the little things and as an introvert, I'm really <laughs> driven by data and logic and kind of thinking in the little things. So um, it seemed to be a role that was going to be a challenge, but um, I've really enjoyed. I get to be involved of all aspects of the development of the budget and also the entire process of town meeting, which has been um, a really great learning experience. Great. We appreciate that. We appreciate all your work. You've certainly been within TM select board office your whole time here and have contributed a lot and uh also just thinking about that the suffolk suffolk certificate program that you took um in financial management right so you want to talk about that because that's an important thing that folks should pay attention to if if they're in a role within the town manager's office or town administrator's office or a similar role and looking to take on a larger role and help their departments build their budget so can you talk about that program yeah. a little bit so that was the um, inter-municipal finance seminar through Suffolk, uh, the partnership program. And it was five weeks, it was five full Fridays, and it was an introduction to basically all of the administrative and finance aspects of a municipal government. So um, there was a week on assessing and learning how properties are assessed and how that impacts taxes. There is an impact on uh, you know, week on accounting and how municipal accounting is kind of different. Um, and yeah, it, 
it it's a great introductory course for anybody who just kind of wants to know how a municipal mm -hmm. government is operated and it's uh they have a i know they have a more extended program that lasts about nine months mm -hmm. so yeah. i was able to do the intro and i would definitely recommend that great taylor you took the same class mm -hmm. Alice Anything to add? First. No, she covered it really good. She covered it all? <laughs> I, it was helpful that she took it before me so I could um, come to her for help because she's been there since, like, day one for me. So I yep. always appreciated her support and my continued learning. <laughs> awesome. All right, so today's episode, we want to dive into how we manage the budget internally, really. Uh, what folks don't really have the opportunity to see is, you know, which occurs in the earliest phases of the budget process uh, a lot of it happens all of it happens on a decentralized basis but alex you're that anchor point to all of it from um starting with analyzing our revenues you know just after we turn the page into the new fiscal year in the late summer um that first communication that goes out to the department heads telling them what to think about and how to build their budgets and then uh, finalizing the output that is what we call fiscal projection one, the first budget that the town manager issues in late February. So we're going to roll up our sleeves and get down into the details and how Alex manages all that work uh, on behalf of, of the office. And um, we'll see where it takes us. So anyone that's really interested in getting a higher level overview of the budget uh, should refer back to episode four with assistant town manager David Snowden um, and he provides an overarching view so you can kind of see the budget from end to end but we really want to focus on this detailed first aspect of the of the process so Alex let's start off where we always start off each year and, and looking at the the revenues and how how does the town uh, construct uh, its revenue plan uh, for the ensuing fiscal year and and how do you go about looking at that data when knowing that we're dealing with about 200 million dollars in revenue um, in any given fiscal year yeah so as you mentioned it's you know our responsibility to present a balanced budget to town meeting and the first step of that is determining how much revenue we'll have available so um, the timing is really interesting because we have to kind of look really far ahead so for example we just published the fy25 revenue manual uh, in november which is our initial forecast projection for how much revenue we anticipate to receive from July 1st, 2024 to June 30th, 2025. So we're, you know, we're doing this analysis in the fall of 2023 on revenues that we'll collect in the spring of 2025. So we have to be really analytical and intentional with our data. Um, it's a balancing act. It does benefit the town to have a surplus at the end of the year, but we don't want to be putting ourselves in a position where we're too conservative and leaving funds on the table that could really enhance services for residents. And we don't want to be too aggressive where we're putting ourselves in a position, um, you know, at any point in the fiscal year where we kind of have to stop spending or cut services. So we rely heavily on various forecasting methods and models, and we look at historical data and prior year actuals um, to develop the revenue projections, but we also have to take into consideration general economic conditions. So of all the revenue categories that I'm sure Dave had discussed when he was on, you know, we take a really close look at all of them and do our diligent effort to forecast what we'll have. So this revenue manual is the first step in the process. Dave did talk about that when he was on, but it really is, is a book that just looks at revenues historically, 
uh, we look at the trend analysis and, and as you talked about those various models allows us to get to not just a bottom line basis for total revenue but really different buckets of money because we're limited in how we can spend some mm -hmm. some of those funds of course our enterprise accounts can only support the activities of, of those business businesses that we run and they can't go to other uh, general purposes so it's it's a it is truly a book that lays out all the resources that we have and just i'll underscore the what alex said in the challenge of that is having to look so far ahead mm -hmm. we all want to get excited about the numbers from last year and then we all get nervous about yeah. being fortune tellers yeah. 18 mm -hmm. months from now and, and i think and how uh, good yeah and i think covid really taught us that that you really can't anticipate everything you know for example um, there was, you know, a chip shortage mm -hmm. and that impacted the sale of motor vehicles and that impacts motor vehicle excise tax revenue. So. Right. Yeah. Certainly not an easy seat to sit in when you want to put the final uh, number on the page and mm -hmm. be confident that we're going to get there. But as you said, introducing enough revenues to support the service demands of the entire organization. So, all right. So we get the we get we start with the revenues and, and we get that projection. Uh, in some ways, of course, our largest revenue category, which is real estate tax, is the easiest because it's yep. a formula and, and we get to calculate that at two and a half percent and then do some forecasting for new growth, which mm -hmm. is new things that occur within the community. So we have that in place. Um, how does that get introduced to the community and to department heads? So the revenue manual is presented to both the select board and the finance committee. It's published on our website. And then it is distributed to department heads along with their budget guidance for the upcoming fiscal year. So, so let's let's turn the page to that aspect of of the budget. So um, we're now want to hear back from department heads. That's where we squarely are mm -hmm. actually as we're speaking right now. But so it's budget development time. How do we go about? focusing departments into what resources they have available, how we want them to build their budgets, and what our expectations are for them to submit to us, including the the, the tools and, and features that we use along the way. Yeah, so our budget guidance is just that. It's a document that is developed. Um, we put into consideration the priorities of the select board. You know, they've already set their fiscal policies and procedures for the upcoming year, so we kind of have that as a benchmark and we obviously have our number that we anticipate for revenue so we can kind of give them a benchmark to work from so that guidance along with the expectations that we ask of departments as it relates to the budget is distributed to them they have about a, a month to work on their budgets and um, you know fit try to fit within the parameters of our budget limitations so you know, we're in week three of that, so budget submissions will be due on Friday. And there's a lot of front end work that kind of goes into preparing that budget guidance. So they're they're asked to submit their salary and wage information for all their employees, um, their operating expenses, and then of course the enterprise. But it's also have to present a balanced budget for mm -hmm. those enterprises. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the, the capital budget. So um, capital budget requests are kind of one time usually equipment or vehicle expenses. Um, and that's also part of the submission. So they've been, Great. you know, working diligently on that for the past few weeks. So we've been doing more one-on-one -on -one time with yeah. the departments too yep. this year. 
Do you want to talk about like office hours yeah, and absolutely. That, that part of the new budget process? Yeah. So budget office hours are a new feature to the budget entry process. Um, in thinking about you know how we wanted this budget cycle to go, I think one of the areas for improvement that I realized was that departments would submit their budget and then we would kind of come back to the table all together and have one initial meeting with them. And then from there, we work to publish fiscal projection one. So I wanted to give you know myself and David and you, Kevin, kind of the opportunity to have dedicated intentional time to think and talk about the budget on mm -hmm. any level. So we've set aside a time We've set aside time every single Tuesday evening to allow staff to book time slots with us to go over their budget, to go over capital requests, to go over goals or, you know, what they'd like to do next fiscal year. Um, I think it's been really valuable and it's been successful. All of our time slots, you know, have been booked. So we've had really great conversations now that I think we would have not had until after their submissions mm -hmm. were due. So it gives them an opportunity to kind of have a, a meeting that there's not a lot of pressure on them um, where they can really kind of talk about what they'd like to do. Kind of opens up like an open line of communication yeah. between yourself yep. and like the different department heads too throughout yeah. the process. So I think they're come, you know, they'll come to the budget meetings more prepared. We'll come to the budget meetings more prepared. Mm -hmm. awesome. So we have 45 different departments slash budgeted departmental areas in the budget process. What tool is used for the submission and entry of the budget? And um, beyond the figures, what do we expect department heads to provide um, as justification or other backup document for their submissions? So we utilize a software called ClearGov. Um, it's a really great tool that departments, you know, it has our historical data on hand. So all of our prior year actuals, the FY24 budget, and it has a you know a column for them to be able to enter their FY25 submissions. We also use that same tool for the capital budget as well. They can put all their requests there. And it's nice because it's also the same tool we use to develop the budget book. So everything, all of the historical figures and data live in this software, um, which takes away a lot of, you know, kind of the manual work mm -hmm. of putting together a budget document. Um, and then, of course, like there's places for them to attach backup documents or supplemental materials. And then as far as expectations, so something that we did last fiscal year was we incorporated um, a priority to tie everything to the strategic plan. So we have what's called a strategic plan budget integration worksheet, and we request that any new initiatives, new projects, new programs, new staff, all tied to at least one outcome area of the strategic plan. And I think that's been really great because it, it makes it so the strategic plan isn't just a document that gets published and put on a shelf. It's a living, breathing document that really guides all of our decisions and our priorities for the budget. So let's let's stick with the strategic plan there for a minute because this is also the, the point in time where we start asking departments, uh, as you mentioned, to think about their FY25 goals because the alignment between what we fund and what our outcomes are going to be are, are, are strictly connected, right? So right. we're not going to allow someone to set a goal and then be held to account on that goal if they don't have the resources that are available to do that. Mm -hmm. So um, 
why don't you talk about that process in addition to those new things? Um, what, what, what departments submit at this point as far as their goals go at what level? So department goals are, you know, kind of more overarching at this point. So it's, and again, they, they should tie to the strategic plan. The strategic plan should guide their goal setting process and what they're thinking about their goals. Um, and then from there, it really is like a trickle down effect. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it starts at the, the select board level down to department heads and down to all employees where really everything that we're doing can tie back to the strategic plan. Great. And how those conversations that, you know, and the new initiatives that you uh, orchestrated this year, the, the conversations have, what have they centered the most on this year from your perspective? Goals, uh, dollars and cents? I would say a little bit of, of both. Okay. Um, you know, we also, one of the things we also ask for is an updated staffing plan. So mm -hmm. we've had a lot of departments kind of taking that focus and thinking about where they need to be five years from now. Um, there's a lot of retirements on the horizon and a lot of conversations have kind of centered around how to plan for the future when, you know, some of our longtime staff will be retiring um, and also how that impacts, you know, the budget figures now. Okay. So this, this brings us in the point, the point in the process where departments are now fully prepared. They have the revenue manual. They understand what resources may be available to them. They've assessed their own situations and are beginning to develop goals as they move forward into the fiscal year. And by the end of this week, they have a deadline to submit their budgets. Mm -hmm. um, what happens after their budgets are submitted? So we are kind of the metaphorical red pen. Um, so we will review every single line item in every single department's budget. We'll make adjustments as needed um, and we'll also obviously see where we fall with revenue. So um, it's common for expenditures to come in higher than what is available for revenue. Mm -hmm. So that's when we kind of really have to drill down into what is being asked mm -hmm. and what is a priority. Um, right. So we'll spend the next couple weeks after departments submit their budgets going through everything. And then that will take us into our budget meetings with the actual departments to kind of just go over everything. So this next phase is, is, is just internal to the town manager's yes. office really our first look at tying everything together seeing what kind of bottom line shakes out how that compares to total revenues that are available and i guess some preliminary questions concerns ideas mm -hmm. maybe um might not sit well with departments of how we can reduce any of that funding if we need to if those yep. bottom lines are and and i haven't seen a budget yet that has come out where departments haven't asked for more resources than mm -hmm. we actually have available and I, and I think appropriately so although we ask departments to collaborate with each other moving into the fiscal year as they develop their budgets and then certainly operationally they're required you know and expected to work collaboratively this is probably the most siloed aspect right this is a little bit more yep. home turf where they're, they're really trying to uh, put their best foot forward for their individual mm -hmm. yep. department and then we'll bring things collaboratively together as we start this next phase of review so yeah. okay so we get the first look at it internally we spend time together we all sit we actually sit down mm -hmm. um, and have these conversations internally and build questions. 
and and then that takes us to departmental meetings i've heard these meetings called department defense meetings because yep. they're defending their budget <laughs> yes. and advocating for themselves but what do those look like how long does it take what's the process that we use for this part of the budget so this takes about two weeks i would say um like you said we sit down and we book a room and we get into a room with every single department i would say we spend about an hour um, with each department maybe a little more a little less depending on you know the size and the needs of that department um, and then they kind of like you said they give their their pitch for their department and and their needs um, i think it's important to note that we also do try to maintain level service so we never want to introduce something to the community or residents and then have to take it away mm -hmm. the next year because there's not funds so I would say all departments are really diligent about at least you know maintaining level service and then um, their their ideas and their initiatives are really to enhance and benefit the community mm -hmm. so it's a it's a great conversation I really enjoy these meetings it's it's probably one of the only times where we kind of have this deep dive into every single department's budget you know with them in the same room so I find it really valuable and ultimately at the end of these meetings no department have rarely do department heads give ground and make it easy on us from no, that never. perspective because <laughs> they've done a lot of work and yeah. to you know that's it's a testament to their commitment to their departments and modernizing their operations and and being the best uh, local government in the world is, is trying to advocate for themselves so um then we have to make some tough decisions. Mm -hmm. um, as we mentioned in, in the earlier budgeting episode, it's the town manager's responsibility to present a balanced budget mm -hmm. to the finance committee at least 90 days in advance of the annual town meeting. Um, and then the finance committee, um, with strong support from our office and, and the departments, uh, is charged with reviewing at the same level that we have just done, really mm -hmm. at the at the um, two can well three control points of personnel bottom line expense bottom line and then any capital or unique expenditures so um, we move from department meetings to a final well initial town managers budget let's just reflect back on revenues where are we normally at with with regards to some of the intergovernmental like the state aid uh, revenue when we issue the first budget at the end of February? So typically the, the governor releases the initial state budget sometime in January. So by the time fiscal projection one is published, we have a, I mean, right now our state aid is a true estimate. Mm -hmm. um, and by January, February, where we have a more accurate prediction, it does have to make its way through all the way to the governor signing the budget, mm -hmm. but it's definitely a, a much better starting place for us. Um, you know, getting that first first pass at the budget. So we have that indication we can shape up any revenue assumptions that have changed mm -hmm. from, let's just call it mid-November when the revenue manual is published and whenever we actually have to put pen to paper in a very public way with fiscal projection one that we'll, we'll share first with the select board and then on to the finance committee. And the select board hears the budget, provides budget feedback, uh, we're sharing the budget with them mm -hmm. at the beginning of, of January each year to get their acknowledgement of alignment with the priorities that they've set. But it really, again, switches to the Finance Committee's leadership uh, once we get into late February and early March. And 
what's that process from there and 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 what outcomes do we usually see yeah so uh, the Finance Committee is a nine-member committee that's appointed by the town moderator, and it really is their responsibility to receive the budgets from departments, analyze them. They have public hearings where departments and the public can comment on these budgets, and then they ultimately vote on the proposed balanced budget to town meeting. So the Finance Committee holds a public hearing on Fiscal Projection 1, typically in March, and that is where every department comes in and presents their initial budget request uh, to the committee as it's balanced. Um, the committee does have a second opportunity to look at the budget and that's in April when there's the public hearing on the annual town meeting warrant mm -hmm. and all the articles in the warrant. But the March public hearings are really the deep dive. Mm -hmm. So the finance committee has every department in and the departments kind of present on their budget and um, sell their budget. And then the, you know, the finance committee has opportunities to ask questions on behalf of the public and then also obviously it's a public hearing so the public is mm -hmm. welcome and encouraged to mm -hmm. attend and participate yeah the, and it is our most accessible and most detailed point in the year where residents can engage with us mm -hmm. in the financial management of the community um, department heads come in and make a 20 or 30 minute presentation given you know, depending on the complexity of their budget and the school department makes uh, presentations that's two or three times that length mm -hmm. during the same hearing process. But it's really an opportunity to comment on actually each and every line item, yeah. staffing levels, yep. uh, contracted services, um, benefits, retirement, um, other post-employment benefits, health insurance, really it, the entire budget and each and everything that we fund throughout a fiscal year is exposed through this um, budget hearing process. So it's really direct participatory democratic opportunities mm -hmm. for, for residents to participate in the budget process. Now, all those nice words being said, we don't get a lot of participation, no. um, but we uh, highly encourage it. And we spend one entire Thursday evening and an entire yes. Saturday Yep. Um, at the town hall and the selectmen's meeting room going through this budget. It's broadcast live by SMC, of course, um, but uh, it's an open environment and, and residents are encouraged to come in and participate. I know it across the country, there's folks in local government are always looking for ways to provide the best engagement on their budget process. And I think ours is really unique because it's just right there in one spot mm -hmm. where we have the opportunity for residents to come in and understand and participate yeah. and ask questions yeah. i think mark said it last episode too that if you want to learn like a deep dive of yes. the town like watching the finance yeah. committee hearings is the best way to do mm -hmm. that yep um so that is true thank you guys yep, yeah. and <laughs> yep. i understand you know a, a thursday it's a long thursday evening and mm -hmm. it's a long saturday but we do publish the full budget hearing schedule mm -hmm. in the budget book. Mm -hmm. So if a resident had, you know, they just wanted to ask about one certain department, our timing is, you know, we try to estimate when the timing will start, but we mm -hmm. publish that schedule in the budget books to give people an opportunity to really understand the flow of both of those days. And maybe if they just want to come in mm -hmm. for one, they can. Uh, we also take written comments and questions beforehand that get provided to the finance mm -hmm. committee so yeah those are really good points because while we may 
engage in that process for eight to 12 hours over those two days, I would say you could narrow your window of time down to 45 minutes to an yeah, hour and, yeah. and not waste any of yep. it if you only wanted to talk about one or two uh, different departments yep. that were of most interest to yep. you as a resident. So check into the live stream, see where they're at, yes. and yeah. make yep. a decision on yep. if they're ahead or behind schedule. So yeah, that's right. So uh, that gets us really to the end of the full review of fiscal projection one and the finance committee has the opportunity to take ownership of uh, line items in the budget, suggest changes, make recommendations. It is their budget that goes to town mm -hmm. meeting through the budget book. Um, and we work collaboratively with them and, and developing that tool and that book and finalizing the budget process and uh, making recommendations to, to town meeting. So um, I think generally speaking over the last few years there haven't been a lot of changes that we've made between fiscal projection one and two um, a lot of that has to do with our overall financial stability associated with the um, override mm -hmm. and those commitments that we made to the community uh, we've been in a position where we've uh, been well resourced and able to uh, spend within uh, the limits and provide the resources of the community that we promised through the override so that's made the process a lot more uh, consistent and a lot less surprises, which mm -hmm. no drama in the budget process is, should be a goal for everyone, in my opinion, and, and we're in a really good spot there, uh, in my opinion. So, um, but ultimately, where does, where does the rubber meet the road whenever it comes to the approval of the budget? What's the final step in the process and, and what happens from that point forward? So the final step in the process is town meeting. So ultimately town meeting votes on the budget. The budget is a standalone article in the town meeting warrant. Um, there's an article for the you know, operating budget and then also the capital budget. Mm -hmm. So as I said, we have public hearings on the town meeting warrant, usually in April. It's another opportunity for public comment and participation. And then from there, we present the budget at town meeting. Um, mm -hmm. That is also another opportunity if you know there are questions or town meeting members or residents want to kind of hone in um, they can mm -hmm. and then once the budget passes we kind of get going from there so it's not you know we start planning and prioritizing for the next fiscal year which is just around the corner mm -hmm. after town meeting in may we go from there yeah so that body may be different uh for us here in new england but of course we remind everyone the town meeting is our legislative body with 242 represented are elected representatives here in Shrewsbury and um, they are the ones who hold the purse strings as, mm -hmm. as folks will remind you in local government civics class and uh, they get to make that final decision on how we spend the dollars and set the control points for us throughout the, the fiscal year um, that is then overseen and with limited ability to make adjustments by the finance committee. So um, that's really a, a comprehensive, nuanced, um, detailed dive into the intricacies of of our budget process and how we manage it and it's been really successful uh over the past few years and it's really matured it's it's this isn't hasn't been the process that's always been in place but we get a little bit better each and every year uh the, the revenue manual gets better our integration with the strategic plan is improving year over year into our second year with the strategic plan and um, I think it brings transparency to the process and allows everyone to understand what we want to do. Of course, the budget is the number one policy 
document of any local government. Mm -hmm. And I think our process is one of the best that that folks can look to if they're looking for new ideas for their budget process or trying to be more uh, transparent. Uh, that's certainly our goal, and uh, we look into that. So this has probably been one of the most detailed dives and nuanced um, nerdy episodes that, that we've run into so at the end of the budget process we all need a little break and relief and yeah. i know one of the best ways that some folks like to do that is responsible enjoyment of nuanced and intricate intricate spirits mm -hmm. so alex yes i know that you're a tequila fan yes in a responsible and intricate way yes so the best what is the best tequila in, in my, your opinion in my opinion mm -hmm. um probably espalon it is affordable accessible but very good smooth it's the and, shrewsbury of yes, tequilas and great in margaritas okay <laughs> taylor <laughs> um i like casamigos blanco tequila yeah it's my favorite um did do that tequila tasting in Disney mm -hmm. with my mom. So that was fun. I don't mm -hmm. remember the names of those ones, but <laughs> they're expensive. It so it's time. better. It was better for me not to remember. <laughs> That's good. Good. All right. Kevin. For me, you know, I have to say, so um, one of my wife's cousins, Steve, was on this big tequila kick a couple of years ago, and it really opened my eyes out to up to how intricate tequila can be just like bourbon or something like mm -hmm. that, any fine spirit. So um, the best tequila that I ever had is a really expensive one. It was Patron Platinum. And like, I swear it was so good. Like I wanted to chew it. Like that's how good <laughs> the tequila was. So I'm going to go with that. Not that I've ever had it since or will ever buy my own bottle, but Patron Platinum was really, think about it really good. Yeah. So, um, no, I appreciate that. And, you know, at the end of any good budget process, if you're not ready for, a shot of tequila or two, and it didn't, didn't work right hard enough. enough right? so, um, well, Alex, we really appreciate you being on the town manager download and um, sharing your insights and appreciate all the work that you put into making our budget process as successful as it has been. Um, so thanks for coming on. Um, this has been another great conversation on the town manager download. A reminder to folks, if you have a question or a comment, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.